Steve Schrock with another Franklin Matters radio show, number 650 in the series. This session of the radio show shares my Talk Franklin conversation with our town administrator, Jamie Helen, and marketing communications specialist, Lily Rivera. We had our conversation in person, yes, to help celebrate the new pop-up shops opening in downtown Franklin. We talk about the pop-up shops, Escape Into Fiction, and Dolio Coffee, we then get into the November 3rd town council meeting to start off the new cycle, swearing into the new town clerk, swearing into the new town council, the town council reorganization, uh, the election of officers, and their open meeting law review amongst the key items on a relatively short agenda to start off the new council. We then segue into work on the civil discussion around the issues that have been raised, particularly in the community during this election period at the school committee and other places. Jamie talks about his collaboration with Superintendent Sarah Hearn, and we have more of that coming, um, so stay tuned for that. Links to the key pop-up shop information is included in the show notes. The recording runs about 23 minutes, so let's listen to my conversation with Jamie and Lily. So Steve Sherlock here for Franklin Matters, Franklin Public Radio, anywhere on the internet in your browser at WFPR.FM and in the local Franklin area dial at 102.9 here at the new pop-up shop with our town administrator, Jamie Helen. Jamie, happy Friday. This is a great day. It is a great day, Steve, and you're knocked off your seat a little bit because you have your normal introduction that your listeners are used to, and you're, we're now doing a different environment of where we're hosting this. So we may do this maybe more often. We, we can. It'd be kind of a neat idea, right? Going I mean, around we've always wanted to be live. We've we're always... sort of live. <laughs> oh, we are live. We even have a live audience here, um, you know, literally. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's really cool. I appreciate your willingness to change things up. We're doing a ribbon cutting here. Uh, to celebrate the latest two stores that have come through our pop-up shop program, uh, Escape to Fiction and Dolio Coffee. Um, and it's great to have them here. The, this is my first time in the space. I think yours too. My, I, um, I walked by here last weekend. And the books were getting set up. It looked pretty cool. And then I come in today and the coffee place is set up and it's like, whoa! And not only that, I mean, I can't think of two better stores in today's environment. I know we'll get to it in a minute. But um, in today's environment, the idea that we can have a store with fiction, because we really don't need any more nonfiction, and Incredible Coffee, who I've complimented them already because they gave us a sample a few weeks ago of the cold brew, and it is very smooth. Um, and so it's very exciting to be here, and, and they've done an amazing job with this space. I think everybody's going to be really happy. So um, it's just a nice way to this today's event, Steve, to celebrate, I think, uh, a couple of businesses that are anchoring in our community in downtown. And I think uh, Greco and company, Laurie, has done a great job. And from what I understand, things have been very successful. Um, at Greco, and uh, it's really wonderful to see the success over four or five months for Laurie, and we hope the same uh, for these two small businesses here, and I'm hoping that in the long run, the objective and, and goal of this whole entire exercise was to fill up some vacant spaces in downtown with some local and vibrant uh, businesses that needed a little bit of, uh, of assistance to get started. And uh, a couple of phenomenal landlords, both Nabil over at the Bamboo House Greco and Brad Chafee here at 70 Central. Um, you know, I, I can't give them enough plugs for their willingness to 
um, you know, have new, uh, try out new things and have new businesses try to come in and work with them on hopefully longer term leases um, so that those uh, businesses are attractions for the community and will bring in more people into the downtown. So it's a lot of fun um, and it's really cool to be here. And speaking of fun and cool to be here, we also have Lily Rivera, who's our marketing communication specialist. Lily, welcome to Friday, and this is quite the place. Right, I'm, I'm walking in here and it's just beautiful seeing all the books and the coffee set up, and it's just, it's great to see everything sort of come to fruition and see people's vision really play out. Like magic, it's just Absolutely. popping up. And so much so, we just heard from Alexa uh, at Dolio Coffee that uh, she put her husband up to building this incredible coffee bar. Just again, a teaser for people out there that are listening. Uh, they should really come in and check it out. He did an amazing job if he did it in one day. Um, but uh, it's really cool, and I, I just think people are going to be really excited to see this. So I hope people come down and check it out. Books and coffee, I mean, what, what, are there better combos? Right, it just seems like <laughs> it's such a natural partnership. And to, when we, you know, we're taking a look at what Franklin wants, I think this yeah. is something that definitely is tuned into that. I mean, it, and Lily, it, you know, she brings her, it really is true. I've been hearing, Steve, you've been hearing, Lily's new, but you've been hearing for years, why can't we get coffee downtown? And we did get Intermission Cafe from uh, Ray Lynn over at FS, FSPA. Um, but people have been kind of clamoring for this kind of thing in mm -hmm. downtown since I've been in Franklin for six sure. years. Yeah. And um, people make the connection all the time about Horace Mann and Ben Franklin. Yep. And, and others and how public education or education in general is really our brand in this community. And to have another uh, you know, bookstore be able to come in and put in some, again, I, I'm just gonna make a pitch for fiction. Um, I think we've had enough of the other side for a while, so we'll see what happens. But uh, there's enough of that on social media and the newspapers. But uh, it really is great and everybody's done a great job. And um, you know, we're gonna have an event here in a few minutes. Uh, so folks will also see all the pictures on social media, I'm sure, and uh, hopefully get yeah. some PR for some, yeah. get so some people this is, to come in. This is, you'll be hearing about this after, but yeah. this is the pre-record early view on the event to happen with the ribbon cutting ceremony later this Friday morning. That's so right. That'll be good. It'll be great. And, um, and again, the program wraps up technically from the state grant we got. Again, a quick plug for uh, a, a kind of budgeting local legend, Anne-Marie Tracy, Lily's predecessor. Um, and uh, and Anne-Marie, I did invite her to the event today and unfortunately she wasn't able to attend. I wanted her to cut the ribbon because sure. this was really her vision before she left yep. to take the big bucks. Yep. And, um, and uh, this was really her vision. And, and you know, if, if it wasn't for Anne-Marie, none of this would have happened. And, uh, and so I just want to give her a quick plug for all the folks out there that know Anne-Marie Tracy and or her now son. Now you've got shoes daughter. to fill and things to build on mm -hmm. going oh. forward. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm really excited to see, you know, the heart and the passion that goes into these types of projects. Mm -hmm. And I see the impact, um, just even falling into the middle of one, yeah. seeing the impact that it has, you know, on business owners, the yeah. impact that it has on the community, on everyone. Um, and it, it gives me a little bit more fuel in my tank to just sort of, you know, look for opportunities to create yeah. um, more spaces and more um, avenues for people to really mm -hmm. foster that sense of community mm -hmm. and connect with one another. Yeah. yeah, it's a lot of good energy here other than from the energy and the caffeine pump <laughs> <laughs> and or the fiction pump. <laughs> It's good stuff, and and we do thank Alexa already for the complimentary uh, cold brew. Great design, um, you know. Again, I hope everybody comes in and checks them out, and 
uh, looks them up online. We've got links. We've got all that stuff on the program website. Yep, and I'll, in the Franklin's Matters show notes, of course, we'll include the links to their locations. Uh, we'll also come back for more detailed discussions with them to help tout their story and what they're going to do here and how yeah. they're going to develop. And hopefully we can help that <laughs> develop as well. We got at least another couple months, and then after that, you know, I think hopefully uh, all the businesses will be able to stick, uh, you know, stick within these spaces, and and um, hopefully become longer term tenants and in vibrant parts of the community, as Lily said. So yeah. um, this is a great celebration, and you know, for me and all that we've been through uh, in recent months and years, um, it's just a reminder to, with all the uh, tension and, and anxiety and. Um, frustration that can exist in, in a community or a state or a nation, you know, it's just a great reminder to all the listeners that there are a lot of great victories happening every day in this community. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them. They're happening in the classrooms. They're happening in mm-hmm. the downtown. They're happening in the in the homes of everybody in this community. And sometimes I get blamed for being too positive. Um, but you know the negativity that's out there. Uh, I think I hope the listeners and people that stop in really see what the positive things are that are happening in this town. Because as you know, Steve, they're happening every day, they're every hour. And um, clearly, the pandemic has thrown us a whole host of challenges. But to your point, there are little wins happening yeah. around, and we need to continue to focus on that positive side because, yes, the negative is there. If you want to focus on the negative, you can go down that rat hole. Unfortunately, it's, it's a rat hole and it's deep. I call but it quicksand. <laughs> quicksand, yeah, because you just don't come out. It's not like in The Princess yeah. Bride where that <laughs> magic rope comes and he just pulls himself up. That doesn't happen. <laughs> I thought it did. I, I love that movie. That was my That's part of my, my Gen Xer. That was Absolutely. part of my childhood. And, Yes. Uh, you thought that was the way it was going to be, and you learn after a while that's absolutely not the way no, it is. But no. uh, but anyways. Um, so yeah. a little preview. Clearly we're recording this on the Friday before Election Day. We remind everybody to get out and vote and make yeah. a decision. On Tuesday, town co- excuse me, Wednesday, town council meeting, I think you've got a relatively light agenda because normally there's an organizational piece of that meeting anyway. The main, the main issues there will be the oaths of office. Um, the victorious town clerk will be there. Uh, we'll also have a justice of the peace there uh, for the actual clerk because the clerk can't, can't you know, this is a unique scenario. They Absolutely. can't give them the, the oath of office. Right. Um, and then there'll be a reorganization of the council. Um, there'll be some other formal business. As you know, every two years when they come in, um, we make the town attorney give them an open meeting law, an ethics uh, law mm-hmm. overview. Correct. Um, which we think is uh, very important for any new members that may come onto the bodies to hear that uh, straight from the town attorney is important. So that's usually the big piece. There will be an executive session this week um, on, uh, on a real estate matter, which will take some time. Um, but other than that, there'll be some general form of business with some liquor license changes, um, some appointments to the Cultural Council, and a couple of routine PEG cable access uh, pieces of legislation, some donations and stuff like that. But I, I think I'm not going to speak for the counselors or any of the candidates, but I'm just going to take an educated guess that a light meeting on Wednesday after this uh, difficult campaign season is probably something 
um, the current incumbents as well as the new members mm-hmm. will probably enjoy. And, yeah. and I think yeah. that they should take a moment to feel good about their achievement and whoever wins uh, on, when, on Tuesday uh, to come in and, and at least enjoy their first meeting yeah. uh, with, some, with, some, with some easier stuff. Yeah. It's going to be a new team. We'll find out who the two new team members are going yep. forward. And I'm emphasizing the team aspect of it because clearly no one person can do it all. You certainly need help. Lily needs help. We all need help. And it needs to be a team going forward. Yeah. I'll emphasize the positive, too. It's not just you. Not, yeah. And clearly, even at the last council meeting, which preceded the candidate forum, people were saying, you know, enough of this. We're done. We're done. So, yeah, as I did that intro that night, I said, yes, let's take a deep breath. Yeah. We're almost there. And, you know, it's been a tough time, but we need to get through it. And the conversations clearly are going to continue. They're going to need to because the issues that have been raised – they're not going away overnight, whether we elect, wh- whoever we elect. They're not. And actually, a conversation I had with the superintendent of schools this week um, was fairly fascinating of just re- even reminding me, she was great at reminding me, that th- there's, a, there's a learning curve to even the structure of meetings, mm-hmm. the issues that are coming up. Right. right out of the gate, I can certainly give a primer. There'll be a budget amendment coming in November. There's going to be some uh, snow presentation that'll be coming and dealing with the labor shortage issues that Brutus is seeing into DPW. Um, They're going to be, they're going to have to jump in school committee members, planning board members, uh, town councilors, even the town clerk. uh, They're going to jump in right away. Not too, not too far after a little short uh, mm-hmm. victory lap, they're going to be uh, they're going to be thrown right they're in. They're going to have to hit the ground running, yeah, for sure. So, yeah. um, but you know, I know everybody out there is uh, hopefully waiting for this to end, and you know, by the time folks listen to this, um, we'll at least be, have had the we'll, results. We'll at least have the results. So, yeah. you know, I, otherwise, I would tell everybody encourage people <laughs> to go vote, but that's probably a futile attempt. <laughs> yeah. We'll have covered all of that beforehand. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> to reveal all the information. Um, clearly, the issues, as we talked about, have been raised, uh, particularly at the school committee meeting this week. Yep. Uh, the idea of, and I th- think it was probably in Sarah's conversation with you as well, you know, the idea of a public meeting versus a meeting held in public is something that <laughs> folks don't necessarily get their hands on right away. Yeah. And uh, there are protocols to be followed. And the one key item, and I also coincidentally shared it this morning because our state rep, Jeff Roy, mentioned it in one of the other threads. But there, if somebody objects to a particular curriculum item or a book, there's a policy and a process and a form to file so that appeal can get uh, addressed appropriately in a time manner uh, on the school page away. So people may not be aware of that, so it's been shared out again today so that people can make that uh, awareness there and if they need to use it, they can use it. And that's the kind of thing that I think we need to continue to collaborate on. Certainly, I appreciate the collaboration we do and hopefully the the community does and it's something we're gonna have to work together to get through this. It is. Uh, a couple quick thoughts. First, you know, history shows that these incidents um, make us all better, uh, make the vast majority of us reflect a little bit, um, and generally, as you just mentioned, incite uh, uh, procedures, policies, discussions, conversations, whether it's at home with kids or through the school department changing curriculum or altering but required text, etc., um, these 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 situations do eventually uh, make us all better and make the system more productive for everybody. 
Um, the hard part of these things is the in-between. And um, in today's day and age, obviously with social media and the, and the kind of consistent voyeurism that exists of, of identifying shock value and reiterating it and, and bludgeoning it to death about everything um, makes it obviously very emotional. Um, and I think our, our, our town, our region, our state, our country has been going through these now f discussions for mm -hmm. a long time. Sure. They're all healthy. Um, they're hard. Um, they're very difficult. They're very emotional, um, passionate. Um, I, thought, I thought that um, in watching the video a couple times, uh, I think there's a few things that, um, you know, the major um, news stations have missed. Um, but one, I thought that the school committee and Chair Bergen did a great job at the beginning of the meeting, giving each citizen their fair five minutes, I think it is, um, of, of um, citizen comment space. Sure. Um, they listened. Um, it was a respectful there, listening period. It was a very that. respectful listening period. Um, Dr. Bergen, who is no stranger to books, being a teacher in this community for decades, um, and is very familiar with these books, knows these teacher, books in and out, multiple, multiple knows that some of these years. books have, have a challenging uh, a passage or two. Mm -hmm. um, that's the nature of great literature, too. Um, you know, uh, as we sit here in this bookstore, um, you know, is is is... And and she really only made one clause to say, just don't say any F-bombs <laughs> or anything really bad. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I thought the school committee did a great job um, just listening and giving people their fair five minutes, however difficult it was to hear some of that. Um, they have that right and they have that ability to do that under those policies in one way. Um, I think the harder message, and I think another piece that got lost was, um, you know, Mackenzie's amazing speech and reaction um, to those incidents. Um, in my personal opinion, and people may disagree with me for sure, and I'm not saying I'm right, and I'm not saying others were wrong, um, but I thought Dr. Bergen did the right thing um, by letting the student representative uh, address some of that, and we found out why. And I think in her last meeting of over 40 years in our educational system and volunteering and teaching, mm -hmm. I have to believe in my heart that there was no way that Ann Bergen, in her commitment to children for her whole year, was going to somehow stymie her voice on her last meeting. That was the teachable and moment. Teachable <laughs> moment. Um, I thought uh, Mackenzie uh, gave an incredibly, uh, off the cuff, by the way, an incredible set of remarks. Um, and I think what was disappointing at the least was that while others had the courtesy for their five minutes not to be interrupted, um, the adults that were there did not give her the courtesy okay. of her of five adults. minutes, some of the adults. We however, not specifically how many. Unfortunately, I wasn't there. I it wasn't it. Remote at that I understand <laughs> what you're saying. It, it's, a, it, it, it's splitting hairs a little, but yeah. I understand it wasn't yeah. every single person. You're correct. It was just one or two as well, I think, that got into the interrupting phase. Um, but I thought that that was disappointing. I thought one other point that was great um, that Mackenzie highlighted, which is something that the superintendent and I have both talked about for months and months, if not years, um, was this consistent pressure from everyone that the school district is somehow, 
unilaterally responsible for not only every incident, but solving every problem. Mm -hmm. And I thought that her comments uh, relative to the fact that this is not being born or bred in the school district, that the administrators are, have been trying to address these issues and working on this, yeah. and that this starts at home, is not only a talking point to highlight, um, you know, you know, for, for this instance, but I've not heard anyone say that on any of these instances mm -hmm. that have popped up in other communities. Sure. Um, these instances, particularly I can speak uh, in Franklin, um, these, these are not instances that are being taught in the schools. These are not coming from the schools, nor are they very often ever in any community coming right. from the school. They are being brought from home, the internet, uh, you know, social media, whatever you want to blame, the right. t TV media, they're coming from there into the school. And the school is in the predicament of having to try to um, handle maintaining a safe uh, uh, workspace. I recently, over the last year, most people don't know this, but they will soon. Um, as a superintendent, I uh, intend to outline a series of things to, to try to address some of these things. Uh, I've been doing a lot of research on how to address these issues in communities from a town management level. Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of uh, seminars with the National League of Cities, the Attorney General, the Mass Municipal Association. And just this week, I took a 90-minute course from the Attorney General on how to address hate in our communities. Yeah. And, um, and I think that the, the thing that I came away with, the toolkit they provided, sure. the Franklin Public School District has been doing these best practices since Superintendent Ahern has been here, yes. and Lucas, right. and others. And in, in many and, cases, even prior, that started And prior. even prior, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. But, 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 but things like empowering students mm -hmm. to organize, okay? Yep. That is the best practice. They have been doing this, sure. okay? Addressing the instances and being transparent about them. I, I, some people say the superintendent's letters are too long. <laughs> so she's very transparent about these things. Yeah. Um, I won't go into all of them. There'll be another show I'm sure we'll do on this, Steve. Yeah. But, but all that stuff, um, you know, we've been working as we do here in Franklin very collaboratively on them. The superintendent and I have a, an excellent working relationship. Uh, I value her, her expertise on this a tremendous amount, and I, I think vice versa. Um, and uh, at the end of the day, um, you know, I, I just believe that the positive things that are happening and the actions the school district are taking are, are so far above and beyond what other communities are even thinking about. You know, we should be really proud of it. And the negativity over one incident, incident or another one with the swastika recently mm -hmm. and other things, right. these are issues to, to talk about. Sure. We need to. Yep. Um, but I thought Mackenzie did just an absolutely unbelievable job at her remarks. Um, I thought they were passionate. They were clearly from the heart. They were eloquent. Um, I applaud her for standing up after mm -hmm. sure time was over and asking if she could have a few minutes to address those sure. things. Yeah. As, a, as a gay woman, to sit there and listen to those citizen comments, there's a fine line. On the one hand, Mackenzie is going to realize as she grows up, if she hasn't already, that there are people that do have a right to say these things sometimes in a public sphere. We learn this through hate crimes mm -hmm. laws. Right. Um, there is a certain amount of freedom of speech that people have. And people do have a freedom of religion where I do believe a lot of this comes from. And that's what they believe. Yeah. Um, 
but obviously they, you know, they need to feel the other way and to make sure they understand that an 18-year-old woman who's come out as gay um, has, has equal rights and has an ability to live her life without the amount of hate that gets spewed at her mm-hmm. often. So yeah. um, this is going to be a learning process for everybody. Um, and I do think that the community has really rallied around her and around the school really quite well and has done a great job. So, um, you know, we'll see where this comes from it. I do think that there are better days ahead and, um, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Well, thank you for taking some time today. And I know we'll continue this particular topic as we go forward. Mm-hmm. Anything else to wrap as we go? Clearly the pop-up and more things coming. Any other things uh, on to that note, at this point? Yes. <laughs> on that note, after talking about that, please come get a great book of fiction. Get a cup of coffee. Maybe even take some time away from social media. Mm-hmm. Take some time away from the negativity, the drama, mm-hmm. uh, and soak up a great book uh, and enjoy a, a good cup of coffee. What a liquid beverage. Exactly. <laughs> Escape into fiction, literally. Um, and just like... Literally. Literally. And it's like Dolio's tagline, sip, sip in that moment. Sip so just uh, moment. <laughs> a different sip moment. In moment. <laughs> Indeed. All right, thank you very much again, Jamie and Lily. This will wrap this particular issue of Talk Franklin, and we'll be back. Stay tuned for more. Thanks, Steve. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.